Hello and welcome to the Simply Wall Street Market Insights. My name's Michael, and this week we'll be going over part 11 of our Big Trend series. While we hear you've been enjoying this series, next week we'll be wrapping up with our 12th and final piece. But don't worry, as we return to our usual schedule of covering market developments and their impacts for investors, we'll let you know of any noteworthy developments in these areas of the big trends that we've been covering. So this week, we're having a look at the diverse and interesting field of nanotechnology. We're going to have a look at what nanotechnology is, the types of nanotech applications, and more importantly, how to invest in the space if you're interested. But before we dive in, here's our quote of the week. Nanotechnology is an idea that most people simply didn't believe. Ralph Merkel. Now, let's dive in. Molecular scale solutions for macro scale problems. Now, nanotechnology simply refers to the study and manipulation of matter at the molecular and atomic levels. In practice, nanoscale implies matter smaller than 100 nanometers, or a ten thousandth of a millimeter, which is tiny. This is a wide-ranging field that combines biology, chemistry, physics, materials science, electronics, and engineering. It also has diverse applications across industries from healthcare to aerospace and computing. In addition, like many of the big trends we've covered, the field also seemingly has a long way to go which makes it interesting for us as investors to investigate. Now, let's talk about the types of nanotechnology. We can broadly think of the field in terms of three areas, engineering, materials, and devices. Now let's talk about engineering and science. The science of nanotechnology concerns the way materials can be manipulated. In many ways, nanotechnology is manufacturing at the atomic level, but there's more to it. The U.S. National Nanotechnology Initiative describes it as, quote, nanotechnology is not simply working at ever smaller dimensions. Rather, working at the nanoscale enables scientists to utilize the physical, chemical, mechanical, and optical properties of materials that naturally occur at that scale. The methods used to create nanomaterials and devices are broken down in two ways. Firstly, bottom-up processes build materials up from individual molecules, while top-down processes start with a bulk material and break it down to the desired format. Second, dry nanotechnology is used for inorganic matter like carbon and metals, while wet nanotechnology uses organic matter including genetic materials and other cellular materials. Thousands of universities, labs and startups around the world are conducting research on the various areas of nanotechnology. This means that many of the potential products and solutions are still years away from becoming commercial, so, there are likely decades of opportunity ahead. Now let's have a look at some examples of nanomaterials. These are just a few of the types of nanomaterials being developed or already being produced. 1. Carbon nanomaterials are materials synthesized to optimize certain properties such as conductivity, strength and flexibility. These materials are useful to industries ranging from healthcare to electronics, energy, construction and textiles. 2. Nanocomposites optimized for strength and weight and are used in the automotive and aerospace industries. This is one of the most lucrative areas due to the size of these industries. 3. Green nanomaterials are manufactured from bio-based raw materials. This area also has an emphasis on the way materials are synthesized to reduce environmental impact. Green nanotechnology can also be used to remove toxic pollutants from soil and water. 4. Energy nanomaterials these are being developed to improve the efficiency and economics of energy production, storage and transmission. In particular, the conductive properties and lifespan of components can be improved. 
Five, nano-encapsulation refers to the methods and materials used as carrier platforms for medicine. Nano-encapsulation also has applications in the agricultural and food industries to increase the efficiency of agrochemicals, thereby increasing yields, and by protecting bioactive molecules in our food, allowing humans to get more nutritional value from the foods we eat. And six, quantum dots. These are particles of semiconductor material that have the unique electrical and optical qualities due to their, quote, zero-dimensional nature. They have widespread uses ranging from electrical displays to solar cells and medical research. Nanotechnology also extends to devices ranging from nanorobots to nanoscale sensors. Now let's have a look at nanotechnology in action. Graphene, the miracle material? Graphene is an allotrope of carbon consisting of a single layer of atoms. The resulting material is not only flexible and light, but it's extremely strong. 200 times stronger than steel. It's also a very good conductor of heat and electricity. With these qualities, there are numerous potential uses of graphene, a few of the most important including 1. Graphene-enhanced composite materials. Graphene can be used as an additive to give a material new properties like improved electrical and thermal conductivity, durability, flexibility, stiffness, UV resistance, weight reduction, and even fire resistance. 2. Energy storage. Graphene batteries could be a viable alternative to lithium-ion batteries. Their molecular properties could allow them to be used as a supercapacitor, allowing for far more energy-dense batteries than what's possible with current metal-ion batteries, with much faster charge times as well. Graphene can also be used as a coating on current lithium-ion batteries to drastically improve charge times. 3. Medical Graphene is also found to have exceptional drug loading and release characteristics that make it an ideal compound for targeted drug delivery. Targeted drug delivery means that the therapeutic efficiency of medicine can be improved with fewer side effects. Now this all sounds great, but the challenge right now is that it's just too expensive to be viable for most use cases, costing a whopping $60,000 to $200,000 USD per tonne. Regardless, it is currently manufactured commercially and used in certain manufacturing processes, so it is being used. Here's the important thing though. If or when the cost of producing graphene comes down, it promises to be as revolutionary as steel was during the 19th century. Now let's talk about another case of nanotechnology in action. Healthcare, nanorobots and smart pills. Nanotechnology is already widely used in the healthcare industry. The first ingestible smart pill containing a camera was approved in 2001, and since then, numerous variations have been developed. These pills can gather and transmit data to patients and doctors, control the release of medicine, and even vibrate to promote digestion. MIT smart sensors have several applications, and we have a visual explaining them in the article. I'll provide a link to that in the description. These nanorobots are also being used to perform minor procedures. These bots can travel through the body and have been used to clear arteries, collect tissue samples and deliver drugs where they're needed. A promising treatment even uses bots to target cancerous tumours with blood clotting enzymes. Nanotechnology, along with other health tech innovations, is revolutionising the healthcare industry by helping doctors detect diseases earlier and deliver targeted, minimally invasive procedures. Now let's talk about one more case of nanotechnology in action, and that is quantum computing and superconductors. The emerging field of quantum computing is closely tied to nanotechnology. 
These computers, many of which are still hypothetical, operate according to quantum physics rather than classical physics, which means they can perform certain tasks that are beyond the reach of classical computing systems. This video, which we have a link to in the article, provides a good introduction to quantum computing and the computers being developed by IBM. P.S. If you'd like to watch this video later, you can simply store it as a note beside IBM stock on Simply Wall Street. Nanotechnology and quantum computing depend on one another. The types of quantum computers currently being developed rely on nanomaterials, while nanoengineering will benefit greatly from quantum computing. These two fields are likely to advance in tandem. In July, researchers in Korea claim to have discovered a room temperature superconductor, LK99. Unfortunately, the claims have since been disputed, but that would have marked a major milestone for quantum computing. The reason being, well, quantum computers require superconductors, which is materials with no electrical resistance. Currently, to achieve this, quantum computers need to operate at a temperature of 15 millikelvin. That's negative 273 degrees Celsius or negative 459 degrees Fahrenheit, which first off is absurdly cold and secondly is impractical outside of laboratory settings. Quantum computing and these other areas we've talked about are fascinating spaces, so it's worth keeping your eye on. So if you want to invest in nanotechnology, let's have a look at some of the ways you can do so. Investing in nanotech. Unlike most technology industries, the US doesn't dominate the nanotech industry. Many of the leading companies are actually in Asia and Europe, though unfortunately many of them are either unlisted or part of bigger conglomerates. Since we're a way off from seeing pure play publicly listed nanotech stocks, our best bet is bigger companies that have direct or indirect exposure. Semiconductors are now being built at the nanoscale, so most chip makers come under that umbrella. These companies at the cutting edge are those that design the equipment used to manufacture and test new materials and processes. These include ASML Holding, LAM Research, KLA Corporation, Applied Materials, Onto Innovation, and Axelis Technologies. Intel also stands out as it designs and manufactures chips. Some investors believe in the narrative that Intel's potential is misunderstood by the market. Their narrative explains Intel's ambitious product roadmap and how it plans to drive earnings per share growth. You can check out the narrative on Simply Wall Street by looking at Intel's company report. As mentioned, IBM is currently a leader in the quantum computing field. Key technology providers to the life sciences sector include Agilent Technologies, Thermo Fisher Scientific, and Bruker Corporation. Producers of nanomaterials include Integris, Coherent Corp, and Cabot Corporation. And in Europe, BASF SE and Arkema. In Asia, some of the leaders in the field are Resonac, Fujitsu, and Advanced Nano Products. Beyond these companies, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of microcap companies, which, like most microcaps, need to be approached with extreme caution and due diligence. Now, let's talk about what else has been happening in the market. Let's do a quick recap of the key data releases we mentioned last week. The US Fed kept the Fed funds rate target range at 5.25 to 5.5% as expected. Fed Chair Jerome Powell did, however, deliver rather hawkish, i.e. higher for longer, comments suggesting one more hike this year and fewer rate cuts than expected next year. Backing up the Fed's view was their revised estimate for US GDP growth of 2.1% for 2023. 2. The UK received some welcome good news with inflation falling slightly more than expected. The Consumer Price Index rose 6.7% in the year to August compared to consensus estimates of 7%. 
The index was 6.8% in July and 7.9% in June. The lower number was attributed to slowing price gains for airfares, hotel rates and food. And lastly, a few news items that we thought were also worth noting. 1. The US SEC has tightened rules regarding the way funds are labelled. The new rules require 80% of a fund's assets to match the name of the fund. This has been particularly relevant to thematic ETFs that invest in areas like AI, as well as labels like ESG. Over the years, the relationship between some fund names and the stocks they actually hold has become somewhat questionable. Regardless of the rules, we would encourage you to investigate a fund's holdings before relying on the label or the marketing material. 2. Fully autonomous robo-taxis are now allowed to operate in parts of Beijing. The city plans to add more suburbs by the end of the year. The current robo-taxi operators in the city are Beidou and Pony.ai. In the US, robo-taxis operated by Cruise and Waymo are operational in San Francisco, Phoenix and Austin and are being tested in another 14 cities. Hyundai is piloting a program in Seoul, South Korea. This will be interesting to watch, so let's see how quickly other cities around the world join the club. Now let's wrap up with some key events during next week. This week, the strength of the US economy will be reflected by durable goods orders due on Wednesday, the final second quarter GDP estimate on Thursday, and the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index on Friday. Also on Friday, the core PCE price index and personal income and spending data will be released. In Europe, inflation data is due in Germany on Thursday and France on Friday, which will give us an idea if the ECB rate hikes are helping to reduce inflation. Lastly, China's Caxin Purchasing Managers Index, which measures the performance of the manufacturing sector, is due on Friday. With China's current economic slump, this index is being closely watched for any indication of improvement. And the prominent companies reporting this week include Costco, Micron Technology, Paychex, Accenture, Nike, and Carnival Corporation. That's all for this week's Market Insights. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, invest well. Simply Wall Street analyst Richard Bowman and Simply Wall Street have no position in any of the companies mentioned. This article is general in nature. We provide analysis based on historical data and analyst forecasts only, using an unbiased methodology, and our articles are not intended to be financial advice. It does not constitute a recommendation to buy or sell any stock and does not take into account your objectives or your financial situation. We aim to bring you long-term focused analysis driven by fundamental data. Note that our analysis may not factor in the latest price-sensitive company announcements or qualitative material.